0: This is episode 93, and this is Creating Space. Yes, yes, yes. What is happening, guys? Welcome back to the show, episode number 93, hope everyone's doing well. What are you guys grateful for right now in this moment? What are you grateful for? Think about that. Send that off. If it's something you're grateful for, a family member, shoot that off to them. Guaranteed they'll feel it. If there's someone you haven't spoken to that you've been wanting to reach out to, reach out to them, give them something, um, that they need that, you know, they need that maybe you're not willing to give them yet. Um, That's what it's all about, right? Breaking through some barriers and pushing through to a better version of yourself. Speaking of better versions of ourselves, today's guest, Todd Hancock, has been one of the top radio personalities in all of Vancouver for many, many, many years. And it seems just like yesterday that I was invited as a guest, as a Whitecaps player onto 99.3 The Fox, which Todd Hancock was the host of and he was the host of it for almost 15 years and was the leading radio personality of all in Vancouver. Todd had a stranglehold on the market in the radio and everyone tuned in to 99.3 The Fox to listen to Todd. He was super super controversial, really unabashedly uh daring and courageous and would love to have a go. His banter was superior. And I remember getting onto his show and having a great time. I think multiple times, two or three times, I hopped up onto the show. And what a full circle moment, being able to catch up with Todd and now put a mic in front of him as a guest. And now I'm the host. And that's a, that's a really cool moment to be able to see what this journey has been like for Todd. A couple of things you'll learn. Todd is extremely forward. And you're going to hear that from the jump. Todd is extremely sure of himself. He has no qualms no issues with how he delivers what he feels and who he is and i think that is awesome i think we all want to get to that place and i honor todd for that ability uh, that assuredness and i had a great time in this conversation and i think you will too so sit back enjoy this conversation get ready for some realness as todd hancock joins creating space Todd Hancock, the voice of Vancouver for many, 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 many years. What is happening, <laughs> my brother? Welcome to Creating Space.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me as a guest. I'm honored.
0: Yeah, It's crazy because just a few short years ago, I was an athlete in Vancouver for the Whitecaps, and you were having me on your show, Fox 99.3. Uh, That's right. Which was an area that you dominated you were the man in radio there and you had a very successful show for a number of years and it's crazy for me now to be able to put you on the on the hot seat man and change the
1: (laughs) change the scenario for a bit so yeah um, uh, it is it's different to be interviewed as opposed to you know interview because I've probably done about a thousand interviews yeah and I've probably only been interviewed maybe a dozen times.
0: Well, I hope this is the twelfth one, and I hope <laughs> to once you leave that the twelfth one is your favorite so far. But yeah. you know how comfortable you are and have been on radio for the viewers who can't see you right now. We're doing this via a Skype session, and and Todd's just laid back in his recliner. He's got his hands over his head. He he's cool, calm, and collected in these scenarios. So you can see why for. A number of years, you were the guy. You were the voice in radio. Yeah, Tell was, me, uh, l- l- let's start right here. Let's start right here, Todd. Why radio?
1: Hmm. Uh, um, I got into radio just because I kind of. Um, well, I mean, ultimately, I got into radio because I'm a huge music fan. But I got into radio also coupled with the fact that I just saw how powerful the medium was before getting into radio. I used to work at a a kayak shop in the Okanagan in, in British Columbia and we'd make kayaks and the whole plant would stop and gather around my radio for this one feature every single day. Like the production for this plant would stop like 40 people would stop working And they'd all gather around my work area, because I was the only guy with the radio in in the plant. And uh, I I think it was kind of that. It was the fact that I'm a huge music fan. I was always told by people, you got a great radio voice. Uh, But then also that, that it was like, holy man, look at how powerful this medium is. That it stops production. at a plant for like 20 minutes
0: everybody in that production plant was waiting for that time of the day that was a halfway experience halfway rest point of the day that's awesome man what a story
1: yeah so it was kind of that and then uh you know i started kind of just to check into the industry and see if it was for me or not i did a lot of volunteering at a station in penticton um and then I just realized, yeah, this is pretty cool, man. Like a really, it's a really laid back vibe, a really chill environment. If you've ever been in radio at all, um, and then yeah, from there I was like, all right, I'm, I'm taking BCIT in, in Vancouver, uh, the schooling, uh, and r- right away I just jumped both feet in. I befriended a really uh, well known DJ here in the city on the second day of my schooling at, at BCIT and from that moment on i just started volunteering again in radio in vancouver and eventually they needed somebody uh, a producer full time to actually get paid instead of just volunteering my time and and that's kind of how it took off for me
0: And it sounds like once you got into it and got immersed in it, the passion for it just grew organically. So the more you got into it, the more you realized you loved it. And then it was just a reciprocating process of how do I get more of this? Because man, I love it. And I want to be involved in this every day. Right.
1: Absolutely. I, you know, and it was also that, you know, when you're around people that are really good at what they do and you're brand new at what they're doing, you soak everything up like a sponge. So, you know, I had these huge radio personalities helping me, telling me what I was doing right, what I was doing wrong, fast tracking me to get on air. So, yeah, absolutely. As soon as I got here, I just uh, I loved it so much that I I lived, eat, breathed radio and I did it for 20 years wow
0: you were so putting ch- up astronomical numbers in vancouver right like you were in the oh, yeah. in the height of it. it give give the listeners because i remember you were the top guy for the rush hour at any point people were tuned into the radio they were tuned into your show i mean give give us a lowdown on some of the numbers you were pulling in in the height of your your time
1: yeah um well the station's demo was a, a men driven it was a rock station so it was a uh, Men 18 to 34, or if you could push to 44, that'd be they'd love it, right? So I was dominating men 18 to 44. 23% of the market share was listening to my show. The, my next competitor was a nine share.
0: So what does so that I mean? Would, what is a nine share?
1: Well, that means that 23% of all guys in Vancouver, 18 to 44, were listening to me, twenty-three percent of them. Wow. A the nine share means that nine percent of eighteen to forty-four year old guys got it were listening to, to my competitors. So I was almost tripling my competitors. Wow. What
0: do you what do you attribute to your show that was drawing that big of the the slice of the pie?
1: Well certainly the music uh, had a lot to do with it. But just prep, prep and editing, being aware of what I was doing on the air, you know, um, just understanding the game and understanding what I needed to do, uh, pushing buttons when I needed to, um, having an opinion when I needed to. What what does
0: that mean, pushing buttons? You gave me a little smirk there. Yeah, I I feel like there were some. Uh, buttons that you pushed that open some doors maybe or cause a little controversy can you get into some of that man what in your journey of, of rising to the top what does pushing buttons mean
1: well pushing a button like in today's uh times if i was a dj on c fox i would push buttons uh with trump got you it you know I- i would speak opinions that maybe weren't necessarily of the public majority but as long as you have the evidence and stats and everything to back it up it doesn't, you don't need to you don't need to necessarily agree everybody doesn't need to agree with you they just need to be engaged that's what i mean about pushing buttons is like getting those hot topics what are those what are those three main things that people are talking about today and push those buttons
0: do you remember any any of the buttons that you pushed that really were fun for you or or might have uh, rubbed some people the the wrong way which really had a uh, a cool effect on your listenership might have bonded your community together
1: nothing really stands out because i mean these are all like fairly topical things it's you know i, I i'm i wasn't a an on-air performer where i I wasn't very blue you know I wasn't I wasn't a shock jock I'm not like a, a Howard Stern by any stretch of the imagination so there's nothing really that kind of stands out in that regard it's just kind of you know there's always those little there's always those things that uh you need to talk about that's the water cooler talk right like what are people going to be talking about at work hey did you see this how about the season ending of uh The Walking Dead last night. I can't believe that they they left it at. That's the cliffhanger that they left it at. You got to know that those are the moments, and you got to find those moments as an on air performer. um, That people are talking about, and then you have to find a unique way to put your slant on those things, and and that's what I did daily, and that's probably why I lasted. 15 years there.
0: I can remember the slant that you had. Your voice, so to speak, in air quotes, you know, was was very directed. You had a really uh, defined idea of how you wanted to present yourself um, you're brash, man. I love the way you just kind of went after whatever you wanted to go after and 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 uh <laughs> you would go on some rogue sometimes, man, and, and you weren't afraid. You and I I respect that in anyone, you know, any gender. Um it doesn't right. matter. If if you've got a stance and you're consistently coming from that stance, it shows it shows authenticity, it shows self awareness. Now Let's get to, yeah. let's get into a little bit of that. How did you develop that stance and were there some times where you were forced to have to choose who you wanted to be as this personality? So you, so you speak to this performer on, on radio and kind of tell me how you got to a point where you were self-aware enough to, to build that voice.
1: Well, I think I was probably right out of the gate, to be honest, Wes. Uh, you know, I've, I've just always been very aware of who I am and it's interesting. I, I, I went on a trip to Vancouver Island and uh, up to a place called Tofino uh, when I was about 18 years old. And, uh, it was specifically this one trip with a really good close friend of mine. still like one of my best friends to this day, which was 25 years ago. Uh, and, uh, we, we, we stayed there for about two weeks, but during that time we didn't shower at all. Like we stayed in a tent on the beach you know? Wow. uh, (laughs)
0: Wow. That's cool.
1: Yeah. Like ate mushrooms and smoked dubs and drank a bunch of beers and just did what eight year olds did. Right. Sure. But that, that one trip was, was life changing for me. Uh, you know, we met so many people, so many really good people and just kind of realized that, you know, these people like me for who I am, not my job, what my job is or, you know, that I, I, I'm a snappy, fancy dresser or, you know, like I, I straight up was like just a ruffian, man, like just a grubby looking kid, <laughs> smelly, probably from not showering for a couple of weeks. But yet I'm still engaged with these people. I'm having a great time and stuff. And I think that that was kind of one of those, not an epiphany, but it was a, it was one of those moments for me that was like, you know what? Yeah, fuck that. Like if, if, if you don't like me for who I am, take a hike. I don't need more friends. I've already got enough really good friends. So I think by the time that I'd taken the radio course, I was already at that point in my life where I knew who I was. I knew what I wanted people to how pe- how I wanted people to perceive me. So I kind of already right out of the gate had that belief, strong belief in my person, who I am. So, couple that with, again, back to the strong radio personalities that I grew up with. And when I went to school and I'm surrounded by these people and I'm learning from them, I saw that they thrived in the industry because of that, because of having personalities, because of sharing opinions. So right away, I I was the same as I was the last day of getting fired or corporately restructured <laughs> from C I was the same guy on day one as I was on day, whatever the hell it turned out to be 3078. The only difference was I was just more polished on day 3078. Of course you, you'd
0: been through the process and you were yeah. damn good at what you did. There's, there's no doubt about that. I want to stick in that area of kind of finding at a young age how much you knew yourself and your self-awareness to that point. Not a lot of individuals at that age, you said 18, 19 years old, have gone on a search and found it and then become okay with it. What do you attribute to that early onset education, that self-education
1: that you had at that time? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I were you mean, always, were mom. you
0: always like an introspective guy kind of figuring yourself out from an early point or, or were there some experiences yeah. that happened in your life where kind of forced you to have a, a, maybe an intimate relationship with yourself internally to where you got to, to a point that most don't get to until way later in their
1: lives? Yeah, I don't know. I think that it was probably a lot to do with my mom. Um, you know, and her belief in me, and telling me to dream big, and that I can that I can do whatever I want. Uh, certainly, that probably had a lot to play with it. Uh, I have a four year old four year older uh, brother as well, uh, so I was constantly around older kids all the time as well, right? Yeah. So that probably played a part into it, but I don't know. To be honest, I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, I I, I always. End my podcast, each and every podcast with don't be an asshole. Nobody likes to be around that. Work hard, play hard, and most of all, believe in yourself. It's a, it's a great, great message.
0: It, it's so true. Your your podcast uh, is a fantastic podcast. Toddcast podcast is very antly named. I think that's a fantastic podcast. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's a great name. Um, yeah, but I, I, I have heard that on multiple occasions, that message that you're giving to people. You know what? Forget what anyone else says know yourself, love yourself and yeah. go chase it, man. Absolutely. Whatever you want, just go, just go. And I, yeah. I think that heavily aligns with my message. I'm a little bit, I'd, I'd say a little more savvy with the way that I deliver because sometimes I'm a people pleaser by, by, uh, is my nature. Um, so yeah. I don't go directly blunt force trauma like you do in subjects. So I, I like that uh, about you, man. And, and I I can appreciate that. So I, I love what you're pushing love the message you pushing. So I want to yeah, get in I, mean, de- I want to get a little you know deeper into that stuff Todd. I want to I want to know more and 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 get some more experiences that you may have had in your life. IE out in uh, Tofino on the beach smoking doobies, you know, and and on shrooms. Like what are some other experiences in your life that you have had that have shifted and shaped you and molded you into the the voice of Vancouver?
1: Oh, wow. Well. I mean, certainly the Tofino one is a key, uh, moment, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, that's a, that's a really tough question because there's just so many things that, you know, you get life experiences and they just kind of compile and, and they, they, they build who you are. They build your character. And, um, So let's direct, yeah, let's but,
0: direct that question. I'll shoot you something way more direct. Hit me me with the biggest, most positive influence in your life.
1: Oh, my mom. Yeah. For sure. You
0: mentioned her earlier. So so she believed in you from the onset.
1: It's just always been, you know, she's always been a believer in, in who I am and who my brother is and just, you know, always told us that dream big. Like, you know, there's, there's astronauts for a reason. You know, not everybody can do it, but some people do it. There's pro athletes for a reason, uh, you know, because they believed in they, in what they did, you know, whatever you want to do, whether it's radio or if you want to flip burgers, you want to be the best burger guy in the world, you can do it. So definitely it was, you know, my mom's been a huge, was a huge role obviously in that. But as far as, um, the industry there's a, there's a few, there's a few guys that have been uh, key to me being where I am today. And, uh, the morning guy right now, still current morning guy at, at, 99.3, the Fox, uh, Jeff O'Neill, huge, huge part of why I got to where I got to in radio, a guy named Bob Mills, who's programming up in, uh, in the Okanagan in Kelowna. um, Uh, who else? Uh, Ross Winters is another key person in, in the industry that, uh, that believed in what I did on air and stuff. So, yeah, but definitely, you know, my mom is, I mean, it's tough to, tough to get away from ma.
0: Of course, man. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I used to believe wholeheartedly that my old man was the biggest influence and he had so much, um, underlying influence right in my life as an athlete. But now as I get older, and much more self-aware and introspective, I'm seeing how much, uh, the assets of my mother really molded me as well, because my dad coached and and he was a teacher an educator an administrator. So my mom and I sp- spent a lot of time together and we we're very similar in our personality traits. So I can see now, man, just how much my mom had a huge influence on my life and why, because she's a great conversationalist. Why do I love podcasting and love interviewing man? Because much the same, she's inter- influenced my life in that way. Um, tell me, let's, let's come into, uh, more now you're in your, your, you've captured your dream. You're, you're at the top. Hit me with some of the more influential discussions that you had as a radio personality. Some of the people that when they walked away from your, uh, interview process, you're thinking, man, that guy's a rad guy. I I really like the way, uh, he sees life, his perspective.
1: Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, wow, Wes! I I, I talked to so many people. Uh, man, I'm just thinking so many different interviews I did over the years. Uh, you know, I I did world album premieres for Nickelback, uh, Metallica, Velvet Revolver. Uh, you know, these are and these are like th- these were incredible days where oh, you're spent. Man. I'm spending days with Slash and Duff McKagan. You know, I'm spending the full day with metallica what's a day what's
0: a day in the life of metallica give me a give me some inside (laughs) information on that
1: man i'll tell you i i i I got to their. so i'm staying in san francisco uh and i brought a couple of radio listeners down with me and so they limoed me out to their uh recording studio in san rafael and uh the the radio listeners didn't go with me. They stuck around in this the tourist thing in, in San Francisco while I did the interview for the for the world album premiere. But so I get there and it's very unassuming. This building is like you'd never know that it was. Holy crap, Metallica records their records here. It's this is very cool. So I you know I get in and and Lars is getting a he's getting a massage from one of his masseuses or whatever on the side he's like hey just help yourself to whatever's in the fridge and he's like if you want to play the video games he's like just reach in and click the buttons or whatever to get the free credits and i'm like oh, okay cool right on <laughs> so i'm kind of checking out all their the area and stuff and uh you know james Hatfield walks over hey what's going on thanks for coming over man uh, right on blah blah i was like holy shit like because wow. for me metallica is one of my all-time favorite bands so kind of just hanging out there a little bit. And this was right at the time where they just had hired Robert Trujillo as their new bass player, which of course now he's been there forever. But at the time he'd only been there for maybe six months, four months. It was, he was brand new to the, the band. I met him as well. And then kind of just, you know, I'm hanging out with Lars and I'm every once in a while we're recording some stuff and, we take breaks and hey, can I jump on your kit over there? Because I'm also a drummer. Yeah, yeah. Can you play? I'm like, eh, I'm not as good as you, but you know, I'm, I'm not a hack. Right. Yeah, jump on. Some jumping on Lars's drum kit in the recording studio and shit. It was wow. It was quite something, man. When, it, it when
0: was definitely- this? Uh, when was this? Is this early 2000s? At what point in Metallica's heyday is uh, are you getting involved with it?
1: Yeah, that would have been probably around. Uh, two thousand and uh two so
0: what album what album was it that they were premiering
1: saint anger wow okay
0: that's yeah so man
1: it it was really cool man that was i mean it's and the other the really cool thing about the whole trip in general was that we saw them twice at a place called the fillmore sure in san francisco and this place is small man like 800 900 people. So to see this man that you know captures 40,000 50,000 fans at a stadium playing to a 900 seater club was fucking intense, man. Yeah, I bet it was really cool. I bet the energy that my they were dude, getting from the crowd was really cool. It was my it was mind-blowing. <laughs> e- easily one of my best most favorite concerts I've ever been to, man.
0: I can imagine. Yeah, was, I can imagine. Yeah. Now, Jay Merritt was on the show a couple of weeks ago. And oh, Jay, Jay. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, the captain of the Whitecaps, I'm sure you've
1: interviewed him a time or two, maybe. No, you know, I, I never have, but I'd love to get Jay on my podcast. Oh,
0: Jay would be on it. He's a obviously a great interview guy. He's a savvy guy as well, is is not afraid of a conversation. But inside yeah. of our conversation on, uh, on the show, Jay talked about one of the keys when he got over to England and was pursuing his dream over there was to not show up as the brash American sticking his chest out with the ego. Um, it was really sitting down, shutting up and listening. And then by that way, he gained the trust of the people around him and then he was able to immerse himself into the environments. So you toured all over the place with all of these, uh, these rock stars, man, you've, you've been rubbing shoulders with very successful, highly influential people in their area in their uh, niches, since you, since you got on, what do you think it is about you that is so capable of, uh, adapting, being a chameleon, adapting yourself to the environment and really, um, gaining the trust and having the experiences with those people?
1: Well, I think that it's just kind of, you know, I, I, I honestly just don't even care that it's, that they're famous. I just don't care. Like you just got to, you've got a really cool job. That's all it is. Sure. I look at pro athletes the same way. I look at the same way as uh, a, a person in a band. Yeah, you, you. everybody knows who you are, but ultimately, you're still just a dude. You're still just a person. It, you just have a, a really cool job. Sure. That's all it boils down to. So for me, I never I never really ever get starstruck, even though I just say, well, holy crap, again, it's Metallica. They're one of my favorite bands. That's true. But also, like, I have a job to do, right? So uh, I always kind of just approached it like that. Like, you know, I, I, I'm a really big fan, or, or maybe not. Maybe I'm just doing it because I'm, I need to. It's part of my work. But I always just was le- aware of what my job was, and that's to get a good interview, get good questions, get good content for the radio, for listeners. So I think that it – I don't know if that it was necessarily me per se – Sure. That it's just, that it's just, you know, I I understood the job and, and was never really, I never really felt starstruck. Never have
0: just a good people person. You got a lot of self-confidence, so you don't feel like those people are in at any different level than you, man. You feel that you're, you're just the same as them. and, And there's so much importance to that. Um, but let's shift a little bit, Todd. I've made some professional errors in my life. I've I've not I've not uh, swung a thousand percent batting average. Um, we all make mistakes, and mistakes are key elements to growth in life. They're very valuable, very important. Hit me with a couple of mistakes that you've made uh, personally or professionally that sucked at the time, but they um, they really turned out to be some blessings in the long run. <clears throat>
1: Well, I I bet about nine hundred and ninety seven, Wes. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, honest, honestly, I can't think of like there's nothing immediate that comes to mind that's glaringly uh, a negative that I that I did. Now,
0: do but, you think that's because of the way you frame your life? You're a generally generally a positive guy. So, do you see? most things in your life as learning lessons and not necessarily frame them as mistakes? Or is it that you just feel like you were pretty calculated and and had some good people around you and made sure that you didn't, that you didn't make any uh, stupid decisions or rash, brash decisions?
1: Well, I think that it probably was maybe a combination of both. Uh, you know, I am pretty calculated when it comes to business for sure. Uh, but also just kind of, yeah, I mean, I, the, the, people that were around me, I, you know, I, I would take their word for God, you know, like if they're doing what I want to do and they're performing at the highest level in that city that I was in, then they must be doing something right. So, you know, if they critiqued me and they told me, you know, this or that, I would do this or that. Right. So I think it's probably just a combination of, of things. And, and by the way, let me also mention that, and even I, I never, ever felt that that I was a celebrity when I was in radio. I was just a random guy that had a really cool job that some people knew.
0: Come on, Todd. Come on, let's let's take a second. I mean, you have on your show sponsorships by the Roxy, which is the Roxy is the most notable club uh, nightlife scene in Vancouver. Um, Anybody who is anybody has stepped into the Roxy at some point in their life in Vancouver. You mean to tell me? Being the voice of Vancouver, being the guy that everybody tuned into, there were no perks for you inside the city, um, outside uh, of your professional life. I mean, come on. No, no, I never said that. (laughs) Well, hit me with some of the perks that you got to enjoy. Were you pushed to the front of the queues all the time, uh, like a celebrity? Did you have bottle service at any point? I mean, when you got into restaurants, did you have a table? I mean, walk us through what the life of, of, of the, the guy in the radio world is like in, in the city.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, certainly if you wanted that, you, you, you were able to have that. Um, there was a there was enough places in the city that uh, that I went to often enough with friends or whatever. That sure I could bypass lines, like not a problem every day of the week, any day of the week. It could be Friday night, eleven o'clock at night. There's a forty person line. Hancock, right on, man. Oh, you got five buddies, get on in. Well, how'd you just bypass that? I didn't even say anything to these guys. They're pulling me into the bar. Uh, but I could have that stuff if I wanted it, but I never. Ever called ahead and was like, "Hey, can I get bottle service? Can I get an extra, you know, whatever?" I just never did that. Sure. Uh, um, but yeah, certainly, if you if I wanted it, absolutely. Uh, you know, emceeing shows and uh, you know being at the front of the line or being able to be in the the photo pit longer than everybody else, yeah, I could do all. I could have all that stuff, but I just never really took advantage of it. You know, I, I went in and I did my gig. If it was the MC of the show or whatever, I went up and I went up on stage, thanked the 12,000 people for coming and enjoy your night. Don't drink and drive. Let's have a good time. Here's the band. Uh, and I went back to my seat like everybody else. And I just never really took advantage, of, I guess, uh, of, of that.
0: I think that's, uh, I think that's notable. I think, Is that it, weird? no, not at all, man. I think a lot of people can get caught up and buy into the hype. Um, and, and I think that one of the biggest mistakes yeah, people, a, a can... lot of my friends would
1: go ahead, you there, uh, sorry, I, I was going to, uh, yeah, I, I was going to say a lot of my friends would tell me to do that. Like, why don't you take advantage of that? Why don't you call ahead and, and get us bottle service? Why don't you do that? and i always just kind of felt that it was douchey yeah no
0: i i think that a lot of people have a tendency to buy into the hype and then they want to manipulate the power that they perceive that they have and then and let's be honest 9 times out of 10 that never ends up well uh, people abuse power and abuse situations and circumstances for to bend them for the manipula, manipulate them for their own good and it never ends up well so kudos to you for that just a stand-up guy with a really cool job um but let's get to a yeah, creating absolutely. space moment todd uh for me the creating yeah. space moment in my life i mean you you saw me there as an athlete for the whitecaps you had me into your show on multiple occasions um I did kind of buy into the hype for a little bit. I loved Vancouver. I cared about the city more than just being a player there. And when I, when I left Vancouver, it was hard to really care about another club. Like I did, about vancouver and in my creating space moment in life thus far is the injury which you which you know well about we spoke about it when uh we recorded the podcast on the toddcast podcast but my question to you is what was it like to be the guy on top of the radio scene and then to have that radio station move you along to walk walk us through that moment <laughs>
1: Oh man. Uh I honestly, if I put it in percentages that I was gonna get laid off or fired or corporately restructured, however the fuck you want to call it, I would have put that at like I don't know, a percent, not even probably. Wow. So it totally blindsided me. Um because I was I was crushing everybody. Uh you know, I had open door policy. Uh meaning you know, you want to come in and hang out on my show? Absolutely. You want to, you want to, you're a sales guy and you need to come in and talk to me? Absolutely. Uh, you you know, you're, you're a BCIT and you want to come hang out on my show and see how it's done? Absolutely. Uh, went to every single meeting, music meetings, production meetings, programming meetings. Was told by the general sales manager, Todd, you're the only air staff of the four stations in the Vancouver cluster that ever comes to sales meetings. You know, I'd go to a sales meeting and just say, hey, guys, if you need, uh, you know, if you need me to go on a golf trip or just go have some beers with a client or whatever to push them over to re-sign their contract with us, I'm game, man. Like, uh, you know, I was a, I was a, I was a player. I was like just straight up team player. So when I got let go, I was uh, shocked, man. I I just couldn't believe that, that I was being let go. What did they say to you in that Uh moment? Well, they just said, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm already almost home. I'm driving home, and I get a text from my my then boss. Hey, uh, where are you? You're like a ninja. Well, I just like pull over. I'm, yeah, I'm almost home, man. Well, can you come back? I, I got to talk to you. Well, oh, this is not good. So I call my wife. Hey, start dinner without me. I don't know why I need to go back, but I got to go back. I said, "Well, can't it wait till tomorrow." No, I got to talk to you tonight. Well, okay, so I drive back, and and they just said, "You know, uh, corporate restructuring, and we're eliminating sixty-two positions uh, as of tomorrow. Uh, you're one of them. So that was your last shift uh, on the Fox." Whoa! Said, wow! Uh, like you're fucking kidding me, right? Yeah, I don't really kid about people's livelihoods, you know, like sorry to say, but yeah, that's your last show. I said, wow. Okay. Uh, well, where's the severance package? So he, the boss brought the severance package over, put it on the table that I was, I was sitting at. As soon as he put it down, I stood up, grabbed it, said, well, thanks guys. Walked walked to the elevator, went downstairs, called my wife. said, yeah, I just got fired. I wow. Like, You're kidding. I said, no, I'm not. I'm not kidding. I just got fired. She goes, are you okay? Can you, are you okay to drive home? Yeah, no, I'll be all right to drive home. I'm just, I'm just shocked. So I I got home and I said to her like, yeah, we'll be fine. Like I got all this severance. I got like seven or eight months of severance, full-time pay. Right. So yeah, when I got let go, I was, uh, yeah, I was just shocked. Couldn't, couldn't believe it. And to be honest, you still to this day, Still can't quite understand it because I didn't make that much money. Uh, And they, of course, still need to pay somebody to do the job that I was doing. And he's probably making decent money, probably not as good as what I was. But so they lost a a 15-year veteran of the city that everybody knows to save maybe a few grand a month. This is a company that sends out quarterly reports of You know, we made $198 million in this quarter. Well, like, how does that, like, I just can't understand. That's really, in my opinion, it's really bad business to lose someone that's a proven performer. That's a winner. That's a team leader to save a few grand a month when you make a billion dollars a year as the company. I, I, I still don't get it.
0: Something smells fishy there. But let's 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 talk a little bit about what you learned in, in creating space away from that radio structure. What have you learned about yourself from that point? What's changed about Todd Hancock
1: since that moment? Uh, well, if anything, I think I probably just exponentially believed in myself even more. Uh, you know, I, I never, ever felt woe is me. I never felt like, man, I'm never going to be able to get past this. I just thought, you know what? I don't give a shit. (laughs) I got all this. I got all this time. I got all this severance coming in. Uh, The next day I literally told my wife, let's pack some bags. Let's take our kids over to Tofino and build some sandcastles and go on nature walks. And, you know, and she's like, well, should, should you, should you not be spending your money? And she'd be like, maybe let's, let's just take it easy. I'm like, no, let's go. Like we're, we're going to be fine. Right. Uh, you know, if I, if I need to, I'll get back into radio. Uh, you know, if I don't get back into radio, which of course I didn't, I got into podcasting. Uh, I didn't care. Like I just, you know, I did the job long enough that I, you know, I, I, I was, I was king man for a long time in the city. So it's not like I feel like I need to get back to radio. There's no drive for me in that regard. Like if there's a good radio job, hell yeah, I'll go back to it, but I'm not pursuing radio because I just don't need to. I I don't feel like, you know, I was never, like I said, I I never really took advantage of all those perks that you could have as a, as an on-air performer. I, I just firmly believe that, you know, I just had a really cool job. I had a really good, fun job. Uh, and I, I, you know, what I, what I took away from getting fired, just to believe in yourself, man. And just, you know, things have a, I don't know about you, Wes, but for me, I always feel like things have a tendency to work themselves out. It's always been like that in my life. Absolutely, Always. It always has been. And we
0: have a choice of how we want to frame what happens to us, right? Like like life is not. It, it, it's not what happens to you. It's how you react, right? It's, it's, it's the way you choose to frame it. And woe is me is not the way. And I love that you did not a, no. adopt that.
1: I, I, I didn't do, I didn't adopt that even for a second. Uh, I was shocked. That's it. That, I mean, it, it literally went from shocked for about the day to the next day. was like, fuck it. Yeah. Straight up. It, all that, right, that, my, my, so
0: let's sit yeah. in there. That, I, man, that 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 energy, that fire, that belief. A lot of people don't have that, Todd. So, for the listeners, and there there are a lot of people who are contacting me on a daily basis saying, "I love that you're chasing your dream. I, there's this, there's X, Y, or Z that I want to go and and capture, but I'm just not sure. How do you how do you do it? How do you do it, Todd? How do you have the Self dis- belief and self disposition that this is going to work itself out. We're going to be fine. And I know when an opportunity comes, I'm going to go get it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit in neutral. I'm going to put it in drive. I'm going to hit the the accelerator, and and, and all, uh, all of the, uh, processes going towards the the new goal.
1: Well, I think it again. It comes back to just believing in yourself, right? Uh, you you can do extraordinary things. You really can. If you put your, your mind to it, it's amazing what if you believe in yourself and you believe you can do something, you can do it. So do you feel like there's two
0: choices to believe? It's either believing yourself or to believe in the fear that you're creating that you can't do it. Like you can't, you either make a choice whether you're going to believe, go all in on you or you're going to go all in on the fear and you're not going to take action. Do you believe that's what it's about? Sure. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah I, I, would, I would agree with that it, it yeah, sounds like you don't I mean, re- it
0: doesn't resonate with you because you're not afraid you just you don't I, i'm you don't, not afraid yeah you I'm don't not recognize afraid. that
1: fear like i understand there are limitations and i can't be like well fuck it i'm going to do what west does i'm going to become a professional soccer player well that ain't happening i'm 42 years old <laughs> do you know what i mean sure like i i, I understand that there are limitations But when I put my mind to something, not to say that I could become a professional soccer player, because that ain't happening. But if, you know, if it's within grasp, if it's within my tools and my skill set, like I never once thought, well, fuck, I hope this podcast works because, uh, Boy, it would suck if it didn't. I never thought that because I have chops. Like I, I was like, I'm gonna make this podcast badass. I'm sure. gonna I'm gonna have some incredible guests. I'm gonna just dominate when I fire this thing up sure. because I believed in myself. I believed I could do it. So as long as you aren't kidding yourself and I'm gonna become an astronaut, without any experience at all. Do you know what I mean? Like as long as it's within your grasp and and it's feasible that you can actually pull something off, just believe you can do it. And, and you're halfway there. Sure. Halfway there.
0: And, and, and the next spot, the veil of fear, let me, for the listeners, guys, let me continue to tell you that that veil of fear, that's you creating that. That's you making that up in your mind and and, and it doesn't exist. It is false. It is a belief system. And all you need to do is take action because the action breeds the confidence. And then the confidence adds back into that self belief. And then it becomes this machine that you're creating. And what you can tell by Todd's disposition is that he's got a level of mastery in his self belief because this has been his process for a long time now as we start to round this thing out, Todd, self-belief is the topic. It's, uh, it's come out on its own, and, and I love it, man. I love that you have had self-belief from the onset. It's pushed you in so many different directions. Each direction, you found a way to have, have success. When you look back, um, and, and you look back on your life to date, and you level that with the impact that you'll have on the listeners who are listening to you, what do you want them to take away from your life's process that they can use, um, to go and, 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 uh, pursue their dreams.
1: Again, back to believe in yourself first and foremost, right. Uh, but otherwise just grind, man, like work hard. Don't be afraid to get dirty, you know, hard work pays off. Uh, you know, just I think those are the the two main things is like work hard and believe in yourself, man. And you will do some extraordinary things. It's amazing what it's amazing what you can do. If you believe in it, you can make it happen.
0: Gary Vaynerchuk says we significantly overestimate what we can do in one year and significantly underestimate what we can do in 10 so, I love the fact that the the formula for you is work hard, believing yourself, and over time you'll create greatness that that's what this is all about Todd so hey, man, um, what a story <laughs> what a life it, and it's so nice to be able to flip the script on you now. um, I can't remember the day that I was sh- riding up the elevator to what was it like the 20 something floor at at, at 21st floor, yeah 21st floor yeah. man um and, and riding up that so nervous as to to walk into my first radio spot um and then you welcoming me with open arms i believe it was Jess was Jess your co-host Karen 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 was the co-host um and hey, man, it was an awesome experience now to flip that script and be able to to get in your mind and see what it's like to put you in the hot seat, man. I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants to check me out, uh, you can find everything on ToddHancock.ca, uh, my podcast, music news, sports news, entertainment news kind of thing. I've got a great voiceover tape and stuff there. You can find my Twitter feed and basically everything about me is there.
0: One stop shop for Todd. ToddHancock.ca. <laughs> Go ahead and uh, check him out. The ToddCast podcast. Great name. He's got a great show. Uh, and then I, I think I'll get a spot on that in late November, which um, if we date this now, we will probably be coming out right around the same time. Todd, you are the man. I look forward to continuing to stay in touch with you and just keep teaching Thanks, people. I I really do recommend that. I don't know if you realize quite yet that the gift that you have, that self-belief, That doesn't come easily for a lot of people. If you're not out mentoring youth on how to develop that, man, I strongly, strongly advise you to get out, impact youth and teach them how to do that because, hey man, that's a skill and that's rare and that's valuable in this society. So uh love what you're doing. You are creating space embodied um in and, and in a very impactful way, man. And with a you pack a bit of a punch. So thanks for coming on to the show and leaving us
1: with your essence, my brother. You bet. Take care, Wes. Have a great day, man. There's really something to be
0: said about knowing who you are, being confident in what you represent, and just being the best human you can be from your own authentic space. I think that's what you can learn from Todd Hancock. He has figured out how to transcend. All of the changes that uh, the, the digital world has taken specifically to the radio industry now reemerging with the Toddcast podcast and he's surviving and now thriving. And it's so nice to see that when you walk away from this, some takeaways that I want you to ask yourself, how are you going to continue to fall deeper in love with yourself? Are you ready to give yourself the permission to feel confidently about how you feel regardless of how you make other people feel? Can you remain steadfast in the way that you view yourself despite all of the changing conditions, experiences, scenarios? I think that's what Ty can teach us. I think that's definitely what I learned from him. And it's important to always reflect and ask, how can I fall a a little bit deeper in love? How can I accept myself a little bit more? And how can I use my gifts, my powers, my influences to influence others and to help others? Uh, Because when we um, share our light, we give other people the right to share theirs subconsciously and consciously. So I know I promised you guys the review of the week this week. We've got a fantastic review of the week from Jim Morabito. Jim says, through Wes's platform, I've become so boldly dedicated to my own self-improvement and growth. So call me crazy, but I'm on round two of the Creating Space podcast. What can I say? My mind and heart cannot get enough, and I'm a proud member of this tribe. There's no question that Wes's podcasting is his passion. He connects with the most interesting, most diverse, and most insanely motivating individuals, giving them the space to tell their stories and giving people like me the space to see that my dreams, passions, and true purpose is something that's actually attainable and there for the taking if I keep taking one step after the other. Warning, there's no turning back once you initiate and tune in. You'll find yourself in a more fulfilled space. Also, awesome, awesome Mindset Monday sessions that help me reflect and move towards more gratitude each week. Jen Morabito, I am am extremely grateful that you would take the time to write that really impressive uh, review. Thank you so much for um, listening in, tuning in multiple times, and you for sure, are a major, major part of this tribe. So thank you so much. If you want to get over and and get into the running for review of the week, hop on over to iTunes, search out Creating Space, um, the podcast, get in, write a review, give us a five star, and we will select the best, uh, the most impactful review of the week and give you guys a shout out. So Jim Morbito, have a great rest of the week, along with everyone in the tribe. We'll see you right back here on Mindset Monday next week.